Welcome back to another episode of our fundamental study. We are continuing to walk through uh, our chapter on humanity. And so uh, if you listened last week or you're following along, uh, we talked about how uh, humanity was made uniquely uh, and purposefully. We've talked a lot through our study so far about uh, how God is purposeful in all he does and especially with how he made man. And so we're really starting to unpack this idea of uniqueness. Uh, So we looked in the end of Genesis 1 and beginning of Genesis 2 and saw that uh, we were created with unique responsibilities, uh, right? Like be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over all the creatures, eat the what I've provided for you. And then we saw how we were also uniquely created there in Genesis 2, that God breathed, formed us from the dust of the ground and breathed into into us the breath of life. Uh, so we were also uniquely created. Genesis 1, 26 kind of does a really good job of summarizing what we've covered so far. God said, let us make mankind in our image. So in image, we are uniquely related to God. And let us make man in our likeness so uniquely related to the rest of creation so that's kind of what we started to unpack in our first session on humanity and so we're going to really start to uh, dive into that a little bit more here in session two talking about how we were created soulfully and this is really specifically what we're meaning by the fact that we are uniquely created that we were created soulfully um and we're not going to dwell on that too much uh for the sake of this study um so we're going to just kind of briefly cover that and then talk about really the the importance of knowing this for our sake right now is that our souls are in need of an invasion of the holy spirit and a transformation through the blood of christ and so that's kind of the layout where we'll cover uh in our time together um, so we're going to be spending some more time, uh, in Genesis and kind of covering a couple different passages of scripture as we walk along through this. Um, but we're, we're made soulfully. And so we, whenever we, whenever we say we're made soulfully, uh, we want to look at what, how God has kind of determined that the value that God places on that and to see because we were made soulfully that we have a unique value by God, that we have uh, passions and pleasures and preferences and relationship that God has gifted us in mankind uh, and that sets us apart uh, from creation in some of these ways. So kind of going back, starting our time together, kind of going back into Genesis 2, uh, verse 7 says, The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So I want us to look at just some of these specific steps to to kind of get the ball rolling. And so three of these, they're all in your your journal there on page 73. Um, But God formed man's physical body first from the dust of the ground, Second, God breathed life into his lifeless physical body that he created. 
And as a result of this third, man became a living creature. And so so what we see in Genesis 2-7 is that there is a distinction between the body, the physical body that God gives us that is that for all of us is destined for um, for death and for um, decay and uh, aging, that physical body God made, and the life that God breathes into our body, our soul, our soul. And so I want us to start kind of seeing this distinction because obviously physically man was made unique, but also soulfully man was made unique. And I want to look at a couple different passages of Scripture that highlight that uniqueness and highlight that God places supreme value on the life that he gives our physical body. And so we must see that these are distinct and see... Uh, which of these is more valuable. So a couple passages there uh, in your journal are Matthew ten twenty eight. It says, Do not be afraid of the one who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. And so this, you know, in Matthew, we're first clued into this um, kind of underlying assumption in this verse that our soul is way more valuable and should be way more treasured than our physical body, right? Like we shouldn't fear uh, physical harm we may receive on this earth or someone who can only harm uh, our physical body. What we should be fearful of, and if you remember a couple uh, chapters ago, kind of talking about fear and what fear means in the Bible, uh, we should be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body. Ecclesiastes 12.7, And the dust returns to the earth, earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. So we can see that our soul is uniquely from God. This is a gift of God. This is not something that the rest of creation has received. Uh, only humanity has received this unique gift of being made soulfully uh, in the ways that we'll talk about here shortly. Um, I think Matthew, kind of going to page 74, Matthew sixteen twenty six is a really important verse uh, in light of this conversation. It says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So here we start seeing the supreme value of our soul. Like our soul is almost like our greatest possession. We have no profit if we gain the entire world, yet our soul is forfeited. And there's nothing that we could uh, give that would, that would outweigh or even find equal value to the value of our soul. Um, it is, it is unique. It is precious and it is incredibly valuable. What we've kind of seen so far uh, in scripture and then Deuteronomy 6 5 you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your might so now in Deuteronomy we're kind of seeing that not only is our soul 
unique to us. Not only is our soul separate from our body, not only is our soul supremely valuable to God, but our soul should love the Lord your God. Like that is the ultimate goal of God placing a soul within us is that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. Uh, So we're created soulfully, and our soul helps uh, give us the capacity for knowing the good things of God, uh, including the goodness of God himself. So this is kind of, you know, that first question there, all of your answers should kind of come from those four passages of Scripture, that we're distinguished from the rest of creation, we're unique, that we have special value in God's eyes, and we're not just merely this collection of intellect and atom and atoms, but but really of a soul and a soul that was placed in us so that we could love God. Um, and and kind of getting into to Titus there. Uh, so what is it? You know, what does this mean that I have a soul? What is what is uh? How does this you know start applying? into our everyday life. And something that we have to address first and foremost is that our, you know, our mind and our conscious consciousness is connected. Uh, these are, these are together. And, um, in Titus three, it talks about how, or in Titus one, excuse me. Um, it says both their mind and their consciences are corrupted. We have a depraved mind because of a depraved soul. And so the, the thoughts that we have, the the things that go through our mind, the beliefs we have in our mind, uh, derive from a corrupted soul, and and it doesn't take us long, uh, either reading through the Bible and our walk with Christ, or just coming to salvation. To, you have to know that uh, our soul is corrupt, and sin has caused a corruption of our soul, where we don't rightly love God and see God as He is, and see truth as it is, and see light as it is. Uh, but we're in darkness, and we are spiritually dead. We are spiritually dead. There is nothing alive within us, uh, which comes from our soul. And so while all of us are bound for physical death, only those uh, that don't have a saving relationship with Jesus uh, and have been indwelled with the Holy Spirit, they will also experience spiritual death. They will also experience spiritual death. And so this is kind of where... Uh, I would encourage you to spend a lot of time in your 242 groups and in your own study is kind of this effect uh, of a corrupt soul and from from sin and how uh, through the saving work of Jesus and the blood of Christ that uh, our soul is redeemed and renewed, and that's kind of where I want to take our time together. Um, but that quote there from... Uh, from C.S. Lewis, just kind of trying to highlight the uniqueness of of our soul. Not that we just have thoughts or that we have a mind that is just kind of working on its own, but that it is it is we who think, right? It's not just my mind is conceiving thoughts and coming up with thoughts, but it is it's me. The thinking that goes on within me is is me. It is I. Uh, it was I at the beginning of my life. It is I today, and it will be, it will be I through all of eternity, because of the soul that God has given me. This is what the Bible means when it tells me that I have a soul. That it is, it is I. It is me. I'm a, I'm a person. I'm uniquely created in the image of God. 
And so that quote by C.S. Lewis just kind of highlights that, like um, that, you know, the, the things that we enjoy and the pleasures we have and some of the passions that God gives us, it's not just produced by this accidental pattern of, of atoms, as he says. It's, it's our own response. It is, um, it is because of who God has made us. And so, like I said, we're our, ultimately our souls are affected from the weight of sin and the consequences of sin. And so some of the gifts that God has given us in our soul are, are hindered, are, are pulled back. And it is only through a saving relationship with Christ that our souls are realigned, are redeemed to God. And I want us to just uh, pretty quickly just kind of uh, look at First um, Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 12 to kind of see this idea of spiritual death. Um, it says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely um, human judgments. Verse 16, For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Um, and so this this is a great passage that just highlights that um, we are spiritually dead. Like if if you are apart from Christ, you are spiritually dead. You cannot understand spiritual truths. Um, cannot perceive truth rightly from God, and as a result of that weight of sin on your soul, that the rest of your body, the rest of your thoughts, the rest of your actions are are affected by that, uh, deeply affected by that. And while that the soul is unique and our bodies in this way is also unique in the fact that we have the opportunity to be saved through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Um, and Paul talks about kind of this process in Romans twelve twelve. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what transformed by the renewing of your mind, that that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so the renewing, transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we know that, like we mentioned just a little bit ago, our thoughts and some of the things in our mind are not just because there's something wrong with our mind, but that there's a deeper problem in the depths of our soul where we are bent away towards the truth and goodness of God. And it is only through this transforming, renewing work that, we have the opportunity to be redeemed, that we are renewed. Uh, we are brought back into the original image that God created us to bear. And so I, I encourage you to just really chew and dwell on that truth uh, in your groups. This this idea of just being you know made with a soul made uniquely as humankind is, is a little heavy uh, and can be easy to get a little lost, but I hope that ultimately this is pointing you to see that uniquely compared to anything else God created, that we are his and that God has a deep desire 
to have unity and communion with us as his people. And he has made a way for us to ha- for this to happen, for us to be transformed, for us to be renewed, for us to be redeemed uh, in the depravity that is deep in our soul through the through the consequences of sin. And so this is a this is a great time to talk about the gospel and leverage kind of this conversation that we've been building on and that we are currently in, talking about the fact that of you know what mankind is, how mankind is unique to talk about the unique love God has for us and sent his son to die on the cross for us. Um, so I encourage you more than anything, this is a short episode on our podcast here, uh, but I, I point you to the gospel and and to talk about uh, that renewing and redeeming work that is made possible in Jesus. And it is a beautiful gift that God has created us so uniquely and so purposefully and we are so valued in God's eyes, right? Like that is such a huge part of seeing that we're created with the soul is that we have this unique value that is supreme compared to creation. Um, but but leave that last taste in your groups, in your 242 groups mouth on the gospel. Let them dwell and chew on the gospel and talk about that together in your group. So I uh, hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, we will not have a podcast episode on the last session of humanity just because it's a lot of reflection, kind of getting to talk uh, in your group. A great follow-up um, uh, 242 group meeting there after talking about the gospel and seeing, you know, have you has the gospel truly changed you and, and do you see the effects of the gospel in your life or in others' lives? Um, and are you using your your body, the the body God gave you, to bring God glory? Are you is your soul uh, anchored in sin, or is it anchored in the truth and righteousness of God? So, kind of a great chance to just have some open, candid conversations in your two forty two groups there to wrap up the chapter of humanity. So, next time I talk to you, we'll be starting to dive into what is sin and talking about uh, really the the doctrine of sin and how this affects. Uh, very, very specifically affects uh, our lives. So thanks for listening and talk to you next time.